So 1 Corinthians 3, look at verse number six, just a few verses. Paul says, I have planted. He's talking about the work of the ministry. He's talking about the evangelism of the gospel. I have planted Apollos watered. Apollos is the other preacher that everybody's favoring. I've planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Okay, so he's doing agricultural analogy on us right here, which he loves to do. The text does that many times. He expands the thought further by saying in verse 7, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. We don't need to be making a big deal about the guy throwing seed, and we don't need to make a big deal about the guy watering the seed. He says, because it's God that gives the increase. It's God that makes it grow. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Verse six, one more time. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. When I became a freshman at Oconee County High School in Watkinsville, Georgia, uh, I landed in an ag class. Um, I didn't pick the ag class. It's just, it's just how the chips fell. Uh, it didn't take uh, Mr. Mitchell, the ag, agriculture teacher, who's also head of the ag department, to realize that uh, he had a bad seed planted in his class. Uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't very adept to the uh, concepts of agriculture, nor did I care. Um, let me clarify, nor do I now, and nor am I now. Uh, we had something called an SAE project, and you had to do it. It was half of your grade. Uh, and, and it could have been anything from, you know, raising a cow or, uh, uh, I don't know, the other, you know, having some chicks. Uh, I, I took the easiest route possible. I thought, what is something that may run in my, my very shallow gene pool at this point that would be somewhat easy to do and I could rely on some secondary source by way of input? And I thought about my dad's grandfather. We called him granddaddy. He always was working in the garden. I thought, I'm my mom's father. We called him papa. He was always working in the garden. I thought, tomato garden. I'll do a tomato garden. How hard can that be? And so uh, I got my dad to help me clear off a spot next to, next to the house. And uh, I remember, I remember like, sorry, let me get this straight. We just buy like a little bag of seed and we just, we just throw it out there and the rest takes care of itself. He said, What? I was like, oh, we just gotta, we just, we just plant the seed and then it, it'll grow, right? He said, it's not, it's not that easy. He said, there's gonna be a lot of work involved. And I was like, well, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I got you, you know, to help me. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be the uh, CEO. You can be the office manager and you go out here and make sure this thing happens. He said, well, let's not get this twisted. This is your project. It's your job. It's your grade, which means it's your, it's your butt. And so, uh, Man, I went out there and uh, we, we did, I, I did have good help getting it started. Um, 
I, I don't remember very much about it because uh, I wasn't paying attention. But I remember getting everything set the way it was supposed to. You know, we got our rows, dug our holes, planted the seed, covered it up, watered it. Um, I was horrible at the systematic routine of, of, of maintaining this thing that we have planted, this thing we've created. Um, needless to say, the whole semester went by and uh, these pitiful little tomato plants, they did grow. There were no red ripe tomatoes on any of the vines. They were, they were that big at best. They looked like they were pleading and praying for somebody to put them out of their misery. It, it looked like I was, I was growing drugs on the side of my house. It did not look anything like a tomato garden is supposed to. Uh, I didn't really care. Here's the deal. I wanted to get out of this class the moment I got in it because I didn't know what I was doing in there. Um, and, and none of my friends were really in there. And I just, I wanted to get in, get out. And uh, I made a 70. Mr. Mitchell did not want to see me again to embarrass his ag department for a second semester in a row. So he passed me on the SAE project and the class. The moral of the story is this. I did not care if my SAE project tomato garden grew, and, it, and you could tell that I didn't care if it grew because I never put the work into it. I was never intentional about overseeing its growth and giving it what it needed. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not care if it grew. Now, before you want to punch my man card or judge me as a human being, let me say this. There are things... I do care whether or not they grow. There are things, my hair for one, I stopped caring. There was a time when I did care. I tried some things to help it grow and push it along, and it said nay. So uh, I have learned what I can and can't control when it comes to growth. I, can, I care about my kids growing. Not just physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally. I care about my kids growing spiritually. I care about my marriage. I would be a fool to think that Ashley and I could be married 10 years this coming January and nothing about ourselves individually and our th ourselves as a couple has changed. And I know that as long as something is changing, it's a sign that it's growing. Somebody talked to me this morning. I care about things growing. I care about our future, and that sounds abstract, but there's so many working parts to our future. I care about our future growing. I care about this church growing. I care about our church. This is not my church. This is our church. It's God's church, but we have an ownership in this church, don't we? This is our church. It matters to me whether or not it grows. What I mean by that is it matters to me whether or not you are a healthy disciple of Christ. It matters whether or not you're growing in information and inspiration. It matters whether or not you're moving along in the progress and the maturity of a believer. I, I, I don't take it personal, but I get frustrated if I can tell that you've stopped, you're stuck, or you're stunted and you're not growing because it's my job as a shepherd to make sure there's green pastures and there's cool, slow-moving water for you to drink. So I'm constantly assessing, evaluating. I'm constantly pushing the staff and constantly casting vision because I care whether or not you grow. I'll say this, and you ain't heard me say this in a long time. I care about whether this church grows numerically or not. 
I do, because I feel like something that is healthy grows in size. I feel like God adds to it. When I look at the book of Acts, and I see the footprint of the early church that God created and God birthed, the early church, the people grew, and when the people grew, the organism itself grew. The Bible says that God added to the church, check this out, daily. Now, they were meeting every single day. They were having small group every time they got a chance. They were having public large group gatherings every time they had a chance. And it was growing by leaps and bounds. I care about this church growing. Let me say this. I'm not alone in the things I'm talking about by way of concern and care. There's other people in this room, you have things, it matters to you whether or not they grow. Heck, there may be somebody here and you've got a garden and it actually matters to you whether or not that thing grows. Many of us, are we're building a family right now. We care about that thing growing. Many of us, we're entering that decade of our life where it's pivotal because we are setting up a legacy for our kids and our grandkids, and now, we didn't 10 years ago, but now we care about our financial footprint growing. We care about our financial foundation growing. You've maybe mastered the consistency and the faithfulness of giving to your church like God tells you to in his word, but now it's dawning on you, I'm not really set up for my kids' kids. Like, I'm doing good to pull it off and execute with my kids where they are, but now I'm at that pivotal point. And you know what's funny is there's that whole myth and there's that whole, that whole fallacy of once I get them through college. <laughs> then you got weddings and you got cribs and you got, uh, 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 you, got, you got more and more things. You got Christmases with grandkids. and You've got more and more things. And so for many of us right now, we're at that age, where, whether you recognize it or not, you're at that place where you're like, I care more than I did 10 years ago about how our finances look because there was a time when I was running with that free spirit and it was buy it, collect it, charge it, whatever, right? But now you're like, I gotta be disciplined. I gotta be mature because sometimes the most mature move I'll ever make is saying no. And it matters to you. And you can tell when you say no, it's because you care about the way something's growing. For many of our marriages, they're, they're growing, they're evolving. You're married to somebody who's not the same person you were married to 15, 20 years ago. And if you're not growing with the changes, you're going to wake up, roll over one day and go, I don't know you, I hate my life, and a midlife crisis hits you at 100 miles an hour. Somebody talk to me. Y'all look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. We, we care about whether or not things grow. And, and we get that naturally because God cares about things growing. Think, think about it. God cares about the growth of his creation. God never, God never created man for man not to grow in relationship with him. God did not create all the things he did on this earth so that they would be stagnant, so that they would just die. God wants to see things grow. In fact, Here's something interesting, and I really botched this one. God's into gardening. There's a reason that whole horticulture, agricultural theme runs throughout the word of God cover to cover. It's because God's into the growth of things like a garden. Wait a second. I'm thinking of the book of Genesis where the writer said that God planted a garden. Isn't that an interesting concept? To see God planting a garden 
The Bible says, in, it says in Genesis 2.8 that he planted a garden in the eastward and that's where he put man to dress it, which means to cultivate it, to enhance it, to help it grow. And so when you and I look at the word of God, the concept, the, the mindset God has about growth emerges from the text and for every person in this room who cares about something in their life, whether it's you and your relationship with God, whether it's your financial foundation, whether it's your family, whether it's your future or a dream God gave you to serve him, to honor him, whatever it is, in your gift as a worship leader, in your skill set as an employee, whatever that thing is, you care about it growing, and the thing everybody's after is how to get it to grow. Look at somebody next to you, tell them, get it to grow. Get it to grow, get it to grow, get it to grow. Here's the deal. We set ourselves up for discouragement when we don't understand the order in which things grow. So you have to do that. You have to understand the order in which things grow. Paul said this, I planted, look, look, here it is. I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Ladies and gentlemen, look, it's very important you understand order when it comes to something growing because we set ourselves up for aggravation when we, when, we, when we expect the process to be instantaneous, when we expect it to be overnight or immediate. God is a God of order, and order involves a process. It, it matters what order you get ready in the morning for work. You do not take your toothbrush to work and brush your teeth at work after greeting all of the staff. Hello. It matters what order you put the eggs in when you make a cake. If you pull out that concoction and then crack an egg and drop it over top and say egg drop cake, nobody's going to eat your egg drop cake. Order matters. And so when things grow, when I say things, you need to fill in the blank. When, when you grow, when your dreams grow, and when I say dreams, I don't just mean some abstract idea of, I wanna be a better person. I'm talking about something God put in you that you believe was there because he put it in you when he put himself in you or, or, or the, the, the future you're trying to secure so that you can be everything God called you to be as a person, as a human being, as a dad or a mom or a man or a woman. Fill in the blank because there's an order to how these things grow. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. There's a, there's a seed phase to everything that grows. Don't miss this. There is a seed phase. Paul said, I planted, which indicates and implies somebody had to plant the initial seed for this process to start. That's the first thing in order is you've got to plant something and that's what I would like to call the seed phase. I wrote this down, God told me to tell you this. Seed is anything you invest in something with the intention of seeing that something grow. I'm gonna say that again because I got a few people who are really picking up what I'm throwing down. Seed is anything you invest in something with the intention of seeing that something grow. Your time is seed. 
because you invest it into the soil of something you believe can be promising. Your money is seed. Oh my God, you will change the way you give your money to God through his church when you understand you've got seed, which means it leaves your hand in one form. And later it becomes something of completely different form. It starts small with you. Woo! And it ends big with God. My God, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking about seed. Seed is the energy that you pour into something. Here we go. Seed is prayer. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You had a situation. The soil was set, and the best way you could invest was to plant part of yourself in that soil by praying. Some of the things that you will invest that will bring the most growth, they are not touchable. They are not tangible. It ain't time. It ain't money. It ain't energy. Sometimes it's tears rolling down your face and a prayer bubbling out of your heart where you are trusting God to make much of little to nothing. Does anybody know what I'm preaching about? Sometimes seed is spoken words. Oh my God, the way I was shaped as a young man because of the words my mother and my father said to me when I was in that 11 to 14 soft clay age of my life. Words, you, 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 you can change a marriage. It does not happen overnight. It does not happen immediately. It's not microwave ministry where you push a few buttons and 30 seconds later, you got a glorious heavenly recipe for a man and a woman. No, sometimes has to start with the seeds, just changing the words you speak because when that word leaves your mouth, the Bible says there's power. There's there's power of death and life in the power of the tongue and you can reroute the entire trajectory of 10 years of hell on earth just by learning how to speak the words that Jesus would speak into your marriage and that word becomes a seed that gets rooted in the ground of somebody's head and heart. Ideas. My God, the amazing, miraculous things that come just from an idea, an idea that God put in your head, an idea that a verse planted inside of your mind and you could not turn loose and the devil could not dig up that seed that got planted, just an idea. And we over, overlook and underestimate the seed phase of things. We don't like the seed phase. I don't, I don't want to have to work, and I don't want to have to wait. I, I want God to Uber, deliver all of my needs, my blessings, and my promises. I want to be able to app God with an address and just hold my basket out and fruit fall from an eternal tree, and that ain't how it works. God says, I will only grow what you sow. I will only grow what you sow. That's why you don't underestimate the power of a seed, the power of a small thing. Zechariah 4.10 said, despise not the day of small things. Now, we want to skip seed form. We don't like talking about this. What? I got to grow this with a prayer? I got to grow this with a word? I got to grow this with, with some of my money or my time? And sometimes we don't recognize and appreciate the seed phase. And if you notice, he says, you, you plant, but, but then there's a, sh there's a shower phase. 
He says, I planted, but Apollos watered. Apollos watered, I call, I call that the shower. Now, this is not on the screen because I've, I've called an audible on how I'm preaching this sermon to you. So I hope you're listening. Everybody say seed. seed. It's a seed phase. That's, that's where you start the process. That's the first thing in order. Second is a showered phase. And notice he says this, I planted, watch this. I planted Apollos, someone with something else gave what I planted what it needed. Seed grows with God because it gets showered by something or someone else. Here's what you need to do. Whatever seed you're planting in the process of hoping for growth, you need to make sure it gets exposed to someone or something that's going to give it what it needs. It is twisted it is twisted for me to go down the hall. Now, now, now it, sounds, it sounds good culturally. And when I say this, good old American Bible Belt Christianity is gonna give me a thumbs up. But it's twisted for me to think that I can, I can project the idea of God and church to my kids indirectly and never live it by example, never really believe that it works, but cross my fingers and hope to die that my kids somehow end up in heaven by chance like a lotto ticket. And I can go down the hall and we can repeat a routine prayer at night, which let's be honest is way better than nothing. But I want my kids to grow up to be a fully functioning human being that adds value to the world rather than takes away from this world. I want my children to grow up and go to heaven when they die. Because let's be honest, 110 years from now, the only thing that's gonna matter is where is my kid? The one that I loved with my whole being, the one that I brought up into this world to make the world better and to be a representation of Jesus wherever they went. It is my objective that of all the things they ever accomplished, that I see them again in heaven and that they do not suffer in eternity away from God. But it's ridiculous for me as a parent to think that I can plant seed by having hope and praying those prayers, yet I don't expose them to anything that waters the very seed that I've planted. And, there's, and so, so many people never put them intentionally around an environment that's going to speak life into that thing that I as the mom or dad planted. But a lot of times we have it the other way around as well. We drop them off in a kid's room to a Bible babysitter hoping that the seed lands with them, yet we never take the opportunity to water what got planted on Sunday at 9.30 with Pastor Nikki. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Exposure is everything. Not just, now look, I just gave you one slice of that pie with kids. But it's the same thing with my relationship with God. I, I've got, I come here this, let me tell you what I did. I'm coming here this morning and I'm the farmer and you're the field. And I'm up here just tossing seed, like I'm giving you a word, right? I got a word for you. That's why you come here, because I got a word. And so I'm throwing the seed of truth into the soil of your soul right now. What you do this afternoon, all the way until you show up next Sunday at 9.30 is what you expose the planted seed to. 
what you put into the ground, what you allow others, what you hear, what you see, and, or, or you're going you're you're to have it, you're going to you're going to fill out this SAE project because you never gave it what it needed and you're never intentional about the showering phase. Notice this quickly, the sprouting phase. It says God gave the increase. Paul says, I planted, somebody else came along and watered, but it was God that made it grow up because the miracle work is up to God. The muscle work, the muscle work, sweating and all these seeds and all these rows and all this square footage, it's this muscle work. And the meticulous work of keeping up with the clock and the calendar and knowing, is it going to rain? It's not going to rain today, so i got to make sure this gets what it needs. And I'm the one ensuring that it gets exposed to something that's going to give it life. But the miracle work, the miracle of a seed and a scientist still, I don't care how intelligent, I don't care if they got more degrees than a thermometer, they cannot tell you how it grows. Because at best, a scientist is just going to tell you it just happens. If it gets everything it needs, it's just programmed to happen. Well, who programmed it? It was just set up to happen. Well, who set it up like that? It just happens. Well, somebody made it happen. And I don't want you to miss this. I, I'm almost done. And I'm not lying when I tell you that. I'm almost done. Here's the deal. The miracle. I might run. I might run when I tell you this. The miracle happens in a place that you can't see it. Oh my God, I wish I had a Sunday witness. I said the miracle, you put all the muscle work into it, you put all the meticulous work into it, you watch it, you work for it, you wait for it, you're believing for it, you're hoping for it, you're begging for it, you're praying about it, but it's the miracle work that happens under the surface and under the soil. And I want to submit to you, God does his greatest work out of sight in the unknown. God in his glory will conceive a thing. Anybody believe what I'm preaching? God does his greatest work behind closed doors, on the other side of veils, and beneath the tomb rocks. My Bible says that God does his greatest work underground and out of sight. You don't believe me? Did anybody see the resurrection of Jesus? That seed went in that ground dead, barren and empty. But my Bible tells me after three days and three nights, before the sun rose in the sky, the seed of the sun rose from the ground. Do I got a witness? If you believe, it's God that gives the increase. There's a sprouting phase where it sprouts up and you're waiting and you're watching and you're hoping and you're believing and you've been working yourself off and you're not seeing nothing. Oh, who am I preaching to? I'm trying to make this marriage better. I'm trying to raise these kids right. I'm trying to grow. 
And every time I think we're making progress, something comes in between us and divides us when we go to bed mad and cold. And every time I think I'm making progress and I'm putting the muscle and I'm being meticulous, every time, all of a sudden, something sets us back. And I feel like my kid's not on track. I put all this muscle and all this meticulous work into this thing I call me and God. And I screw it up. Maybe nobody else in here knows what that's like, but I screw it up. Doing good like two weeks. I'm like, yeah, well, two weeks. Doing good. It's like trying to stay sober. It is. It's like you're, you're trying, I'm, I'm doing good, and then you mess it up. You open that mouth, and words come out, and you're like. <laughs> right? Something runs across your head from 10 years ago and just plants itself. I ain't got time to run that rabbit. God ain't the only one planting seed in your head. He ain't the only one got somebody lined up to water what's going on. Somebody preach to me. And we, 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 we forget the order of these things and we forget that it's just the law. Like it's a natural law in the universe and it's a spiritual law with God that a man will reap what he sows. And if you read the rest of this verse in this passage, Paul goes on to tell us about an outcome and he says, look, here's the deal. There's going to be a reward attached to all this labor. God is keeping up with the seed you plant and he's keeping up with what's growing underground out of sight. He's keeping up. Maybe you've forgotten about it. Listen to me. There's somebody in this room and you have forgotten about the seed you planted. God hasn't. Man, this has woke up a lion in your pastor here lately because there are seeds I planted and prayers I prayed and ideas that I had. I know it was a God idea because it was way too good to be me. And I've worked so hard to be a better husband than a pastor, a better daddy than a, I'm a husband, daddy, and pastor third. And some of y'all think I'm a pretty good pastor. Well, imagine how good of a daddy and husband that's going to make me. I'm working to do all these things. And there's some seed that has sat under the soil for so long. I'm going to tell you this, but I, I'm not going to tell, tell 1130 this, but I'm going to tell you this. I went through a divorce in 2009. I was a pastor. I was caught up in an affair. And I went through a divorce. And I quit preaching. And I got out of church. And I was done with God. And I was so disappointed in myself. And I hurt so many people. And I felt like I hurt God. And I felt like I was going to be put on the shelf and never going to preach again. And, and, and I quit. And I quit. And I gave up. And I realized God, long story short, I realized God wasn't done with me. And, and God started giving me that seed of preaching. My calling was still in me. And I got brave enough and courageous enough to try to preach again. And God started letting me preach. And next thing I know, we're starting a church in commerce. And here we are. And, and, and all those things. But, but there's something I want you to hear. Because, the, 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 listen, and this ain't knocking y'all or what God's done here. But the most precious, important seed that I've ever had. Nothing, nothing in this world will ever top the seed that I had in my two daughters, Hannah and Ava. And you got to understand, when I went through that divorce and everything happened the way it happened, just the way the custody lined up, I saw my girls every other weekend. 
so the whole time you've known me, I've been seeing my kids every other weekend. That's why you notice sometimes y'all that know us and know my kids, they're here every other weekend. And, 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 and you know, people are like, well, you adjust. And people told me you'll adjust, it'll be normal, and, and you'll get used to seeing them four days a month. So you gotta understand, I can't give up on that seed because a, a, lot of, a lot of daddies, they go through so much hell and trauma and trouble to be that dad despite those odds. And a lot of dads, they just give up on being that dad because in their mind, they messed that up. It got messed up and I can't ever be the dad I was supposed to be with this limited amount of time. So every time I had them, me and Ashley were so intentional about what kind of water hit that seed. And I remember thinking if I had, if I, if it was just me and them on the couch, it was an opportunity for daddy to use his words and the Holy Ghost to anoint the words and me tell them how I feel about them and how much I love them and what God's doing in them and what God's going to do for them. And one day God's going to make everything better. And, God, and I, I've cried with them and I've hurt with them and I've laid my head on their, laid my hand on their head and prayed. And I've brought them here around other voices of influence to let water hit that seed and let it grow and let it, let it change and transform. And I, and, I, and I owe this win to you. I always want to hear a win and a praise from you, so I'm going to share a win and a praise that your pastor has. I want you to hear it. It has been 12 long years, but things just now changed in such a way to where my two girls that I saw every other weekend are now moving into my house, and they are with me full time. <laughs> I said I have my kids full time. Now that might not mean a whole lot to you, but you don't know how many tears I watered that seed with and how many long nights that I believed God for something that I thought would never happen. But I came today to tell you, don't give up on the seed because one day it'll spring forth. Shall you not know it? Somebody help me give him praise. If you believe he's going to give increase to the seed you planted. Come on, stand up with me. We're going to close this thing out. I ain't got time to go into all the different aspects of this, but it's really, really, really good. But if you want to hear it, we're going to be here for four hours because if I do justice to all the text, bless God, I'm going to do justice to all the text. People in this room want your mirrors to grow. You want your kids to grow. You want your dreams and your calling to grow. You want your gift to grow. What do you want to grow? I'll ask you two questions, all right? And I'm gonna give you a chance to come down here and declare to God that you will do everything you can to get it to grow. And when you understand that it's your job to plant seed and make sure the seed gets water, you will not try to do God's job and make it grow. You may plant a seed today and not have a tomato for 10 years. The win, the win in that situation is that you are still around to eat the tomato. That's good preaching. What work is God doing with you? 
weren't expecting divorce. You weren't. Nobody really is, and nobody's planned or prepared for it. But here you are again, and your equilibrium's gone, and you still hear the from the bomb going off. It doesn't have to be divorce. It can be whatever form of loss that life handed you. And you feel like seed is done. You feel like there's no water left in the drought of your life. And you're wondering how God's going to bring any more growth to this barren ground. I want to tell you something. Don't give up on seed. Because you reap what you sow. So what work is he doing with you? Where, where have your hands been? I see dirt under your fingernails. You've been busy. You've been busy, haven't you? You've been believing God for something. You're trying to grow something, aren't you? It matters to you whether or not it grows. Your, your objective is get this to grow. Well, you have a job. You've done yours. Continue to do yours. Let God do his. Number two, what work is God doing in you? You want me to hit you a little thought? You're not just the farmer. You're also the field. Your soul is his soil. And he wants to do a work in you. And there's a man in this room today, and it could be you've never thought about preaching the gospel. You've never thought about pursuing the work of the ministry, and today God's dropping a seed into your head. And, oh, and it's, listen, if God puts it there, <laughs> you're stuck with it. Either you water it or you waste it, but it's there. It's there. There's somebody in here and you've had the thought, the idea of stepping out on a limb that looks like a leap of faith. And I don't know what that is. You gotta fill in that blank. But that idea, that seed, it is there for a reason. I wonder if, I wonder if we could jointly, collectively come down to this altar for just a few minutes and we could declare verbally through prayer to God, I will not waste the seed that's been planted. I will make sure it gets watered. And while it's getting the water it needs, whether that be my kids, my goals, my future, my finances, this marriage, my membership at this, whatever that is for you, it means something to you. What means a whole lot to me may not mean a whole lot to you. I just checked the top box on my list. It's time for you to start watching God check boxes for you. Come down here and pray. I'm going to make sure this seed gets watered and not wasted, and I'll wait while God works. I'll wait while God works. I want everybody that's believing God for something in the seed phase, the showered phase, or the sprouting phase. I want you to get out of your seat right now. I want you to come